For Radio Cayman News, I'm Felicia Rankin-Solins. While the work continues into the investigation of this weekend's mass shooting in West Bay, Governor Jane Owen and Police Commissioner Kurt Walton say bringing in an external task force is not yet on the agenda. I've got a lot of trust and confidence in my team, my teams. I've got a very well-trained uh, firearms response unit, well-trained commanders to manage that unit, well-trained detectives, and I am confident with the, 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 the staff that I have at the moment. Um, I will, we, we certainly will be looking at terms of whether or not we need to increase our um, farms capabilities or capacity levels there, and that's already ongoing discussions. During Monday's press conference, Commissioner Walton confirmed they are pursuing a gang-related connection and provided some insight into the changing landscape of gangs in Cayman. Until recently, he said there were at least four known gangs in the Cayman Islands, two in Georgetown and two in West Bay. One of those West Bay gangs have combined with the two Georgetown gangs to make one single gang versus one of the one of the two gangs in West Bay. So essentially, three gangs have merged against one gang in West Bay. That's the hypothesis, working hypothesis at the moment. That group looks to be, um, at this very moment, that merger looks to be about 40 people. Mr. Walton says there will be a targeted approach to the gangs with disruptive patrols, heightened focus on hotspots, among other strategies. The governor, meantime, said efforts to address other facets of the issue would be, quote, sped up. An increase in post-release support is being pushed by the Conditional Release Board to help quell cases of reoffending by ex-cons. Deputy Governor the Honorable Franz Manderson spoke to the board's annual report for 2018-2022, as well as their current efforts to address reoffending in the Cayman Islands. Over the past seven years, the Conditional Release Board has played a crucial role in decisions relating to the conditional release of prisoners on license, both for determinate and life sentences, as well as the review of cases where licenses are suspected to have been breached. Mr. Manderson says the workload of the board has seen a, quote, consistent increase over the years, highlighting the need to focus on proper offender management and rehabilitation services. However, the inadequacy of residential support facilities remains a significant concern, contributing to challenges in successful reintegration. Between 2018 and 2022, the period covered in the annual report, there were 365 applications made to the CRB, which granted 200. It is crucial to understand that those serving custodial sentences represent a diverse population with varying motivations, needs and risks. Instead of opting for tougher sentences, the board advocates a holistic approach that addresses the root causes of offending behavior, emphasizes rehabilitative programs and post-release support. Mr. Manderson told MPs the board is advocating for, quote, proper investment in rehabilitative programs, measure to combat drug use, in custody, and increased post-release support. MPs tore through the first and second readings of four bills on Monday before breaking for the day, including the imposing merchant shipping bill. The bill is massive. It, not just in terms of what it means for international maritime standards, but its physical size. The bill is arranged in 19 parts with a total of 466 clauses of comprehensive and intensely technical international maritime provisions. 
Tabling the bill, Deputy Premier the Honorable Andre Ebanks told MPs the original Merchant Shipping Act dates back to 1997, and the existing legislative framework needs an overhaul to, quote, facilitate compliance with international standards and safeguard Cayman's reputation as a global center of excellence for the shipping industry. The overall thrust of the changes contained proposed legislation deal with technical and operational matters. In particular, Mr. Speaker, changes to preliminary definition section and throughout the bill reflect updates to terminology and to the legislation in global maritime sector. The bill covers a wide range of issues, things like ship registration, piracy, oil spills and working conditions for seafarers on Cayman registered vessels. With our historical history of seafaring, that should resonate with the whole house that today's modern seafarer internationally around the world, whenever on a Cayman Island ship, should be treated fairly. Fair days pay for a fair day's work. The Merchant Shipping Bill, along with the Local Companies Control Amendment Bill, the Companies Amendment Bill, and the Civil Proceedings Closed Material Procedure Bill, were all given a second reading in Parliament on Monday. With no new update on the proposed solid waste management facility, the Health Minister is questioned about how much time the Georgetown landfill has left. Can the Honourable Minister advise the House as to how many years of use are left at the Georgetown landfill? if filling continues at the current rate. I'm reliably informed that the Georgetown landfill has approximately 780,000 cubic yards remaining. Answering Georgetown MP Joey Hughes' question, the Honorable Sabrina Turner said based on the current rate of input, the Department of Environmental Health estimates there is another four to five years of landfilling capacity remaining. With this in mind, the DEH should be able to continue landfilling until the construction of the facilities under the Waste to Energy project is completed. If for some unforeseen reason there was full usage of the landfill space before the Waste to Energy is completed, then there would be a need to another option considered for landfilling elsewhere at a location that is not yet considered or determined. Government has been in negotiations with DART with regards to Regen, Cayman's proposed energy and recycling center. Mr. Hugh raised concerns about the length of time necessary to get that center operational within the remaining lifespan of the landfill. It's going to take three years for construction of the waste energy facility when we have a final contract. So we're cutting it close there and then there will be some residual landfilling after the waste energy facility has been built. Do we even believe we have enough space for the residual landfilling? There are provisions and space that have been identified on the current site for the residual waste as my colleague has alluded to right now. The latest update on the Regen website is dated August 18th with regards to a draft environmental statement. You can find more at regen.ky. The Department of Environmental Health advises the public of a recall of ready-to-eat charcuterie meat products produced by Fratelli Beretta USA, Incorporated. The Food Safety and Inspection Service of the United States Department of Agriculture made the announcement indicating that the recalled products contain COPPA, a cured meat ingredient which may be under-processed, resulting in possible contamination with foodborne pathogens. Brand names of products affected by the recall include Beretta, Black Bear, Busetto, 
Culinary Tour, Dietz and Watson, Little, Publix, Salami Artigianale, and Aldi. For further information on this recall, visit the FDA's website or contact DEH's Environmental Health Officers at 949-6696 or by email at dehcustomerservice at gov.ky. This Friday, the Health Services Authority will be hosting the 12th Annual Women's Health Conference, coinciding with International Women's Day. Radio Cayman's Jebby Ebanks has more. The Cayman Islands Health Services Authority hosts the 12th Annual Women's Health Conference on the 1st of March 2024 at the Grand Cayman Marriott Beach Resort. With its theme, Trends in Women's Reproductive Health Care, this year's conference aims to provide thought-provoking insight on the topic through the following presentation, intrauterine fetal intervention, how women are using technology to personalize their care, beyond birth control, non-contraceptive uses of hormonal contraceptive methods, non-invasive or conservative alternatives to fibroid treatment, non-invasive alternatives for management of abdominal uterine bleeding, recent trends in dental management during pregnancy, updates in gynecological radiation therapy, and benefits of BRACH therapy breast cancer surgery, evolutions in myth, fertility sparing surgery in gynecological cancer, robotic gynecological surgery, the final frontier. Annually, the conference is scheduled to coincide with International Women's Day, an occasion that commemorates the social, economic, cultural, and political accomplishments of women worldwide. The event comprises a faculty of regional experts and healthcare leaders who congregate to address the current issues and clinical updates in the continuum of care for women across the rapidly changing global healthcare landscape. The primary focus of the discussions is integrating an evidence-based approach towards providing seamless preventative and curative care. Jevy Ebanks, Radio Cayman News. The event is free to the public. And that's your evening news for Radio Cayman. I'm Felicia Rankin-Zollins.